Gen Z very well may be the generation that ends up saving our country. And it's because of something that I call the whiplash effect. Folks, thanks for joining me. My name's Victor Nieves. You're listening to the Deep Dive Podcast. Let's get into it. Some of you might already be shocked. If you were taking a drink, you you may have done a, like a spit, a spit take or something like that when you heard that this generation might end up being the one that saves the country. Victor, what are you talking about? Have I lost my marbles? Have I gone completely insane? Well, while that is entirely possible, I suppose, as a 23-year-old young man and a, and a conservative content creator and etc., I have my ear to the ground in a relatively unique way, and I've been paying very close attention to not only my anecdotal and observational experience with people of my generation, but I've also been very uh, paying very close attention to polling data, to research that's come out specifically when it comes to Generation Z, and even though my opening line may have shocked you, it may have seemed a little bit crazy to some people, there's absolutely some merit there. The theory does hold some water. So today, we're going to do a deep dive into that, and I'm going to explain to you why I believe Gen Z very well may represent a bit of a new hope for America going forward. So first of all, I want to bring some receipts, right? I don't want this podcast to me to be uh, me just talking out of my butt or anything like that. So I'm going to be reading a little bit of information that was uh, gathered by the Pew Research Center and published by Forbes magazine on their online website. And they say, quote, according to research, Gen Z is more individualistic, more conservative, both socially and fiscally, and they're already making waves of impact on our political system. Gen Z, those born in 1995 or later, is possibly the most conservative generation since World War II. And they say, quote, and it is worrying that their impact has been completely overlooked during this election. They're talking about, I believe, the 2020 election, but what they're saying remains true, that statistically and data gathered by the Pew Research Center, Gen Z is not only more individualistic, but they're more socially and fiscally conservative than, than any generation possibly going all the way back to World War II. Now, that's not to say that currently... Gen Z is more conservative than like the boomers or the Gen Xers or even the millennials. It's just to say that at this point in time, right, a lot of the the, the Gen Zers, I myself am a Gen Zer at the age of 23, I'm kind of on the older end. But as far as voting uh, Gen Z, I think that that goes from, uh, you know, maybe like your 18 year olds to 26, 27, somewhere in that neck of the woods. That group, for their age demographic, right, that's that's kind of the important catch here. It's not like for every living generation, but it's for this age, right? At that age, Gen Z, compared to the millennials or compared to the Gen Xers, at that same age... The Gen Zers are arguably the most conservative generation since World War II. Now, Forbes and Pew Research, they both come up with their own explanations, and some of them do hold a little bit of water with regards to financial situations and and demographic changes and and certain things like that. At this point, it's all sort of up in the air. It's all just political speculation as to why this younger generation would be so thoroughly conservative. I mean, it it even goes in, this data goes into uh, things like gay marriage, marijuana, transgenderism, even tattoos, right, where 59% of Gen Z respondents describe themselves as conservative 
conservative or moderate, which is a massive change because the millennials, 83% of millennials and 85% of Gen Xers said that they were quite liberal or very liberal. That's a massive, massive market, statistically observable change in the generation. So so why is that, right? Is it is it some sort of fiscal, you know, like socioeconomic standing? Is it something else? Well, I propose to you the idea that I've kind of mulled over in my brain for a little while, known in my eyes as the whiplash effect. See, it's a very well-known fact within the world of political science that social social norms can only change so much so fast. If they change too fast, if there's too much cultural shift in too short of a period of time, there will be a course correction. That's observable all throughout human history that certain things do change, right? Social norms, societal standards do change, but it takes a long time, right? That change is meant to happen incrementally, bit by bit. I mean, even just in sort of a, a comedic sense, think about like fashion styles. If you go back to the 1920s, everybody was wearing like a three-piece suit and tie if they were going to go, you know, to a baseball game. Now, obviously, you you go out into public. And you see the people wearing their Cookie Monster pajamas and their stained up shirt that hasn't been washed in four days. So somewhere along the line, it gradually changed. But we didn't go from the three-piece button-up of 1920 to the disgusting, you know, unwashed clothes of Walmart in 2020. We didn't do that overnight, right? We didn't go from the 1920s to the 2020s in the blink of an eye. It was this very gradual, progressive change where, or maybe regressive, I guess, from a fashion perspective, but we slowly went from from one social norm to another social norm. And it happened in a gradual enough period of time that people didn't really make conscious note of it. It didn't really impact or affect people's lives directly, at least not enough so to where they would push back, not enough so to where there would be some sort of a course correction. But when there is a course correction, right, when something changes too fast, if it goes too far too fast, the pendulum will always swing violently back. There will be a course correction. So why do I bring that up? Because I think Gen Z probably saw the most exponential, rapid, violent shift in social norms of any generation probably since World War II. Now, let me explain what I mean by that, right? And, and I can only use myself and my own personal experiences as an example here, but keep in mind, there will remain sort of a common thread that exists between all people of a certain generation. That's why there's trends within a, a generation. But if you go back in time, right, I'm, I'm 23 now, let's go back kind of to the beginning of my conscious life, right, my memorable life. Let's put me at the ripe young age of, of five years old, something like that. The internet kind of exists. I mean, it's there, but it's not really a thing, right? You don't have your general household laptops that are capable of tremendous connection, and the world was a much bigger place, right, at that point in time, because the internet hadn't nearly uh, connected us in the way that it has. Boys were still boys. Girls were still girls. That hadn't shifted. Gay marriage was illegal. The cell phone existed, but not nearly in the capacity that it exists now. Technology was, oh my goodness, way, way, way behind, but most importantly, culture. Culture was entirely, entirely different. When I was five years old, the nuclear family was at least still somewhat 
preserved. It obviously was not in the state that it was maybe in the 1940s or something like that, but the nuclear family was still generally accepted as the right way to go. You didn't have um, these less than traditional marriages that were happening. And and I'm not even advocating that uh, every difference I'm explaining here is good or bad. I'm just observing the differences, right? Not to assign some sort of a, a moral value to a change or something like that, but these are just things that happened, right? Societally, there were things that changed. But going back in time and, and thinking about even my elementary school experience, when I was a very young kid, I would sit there in gym and we would all sit down before we would start whatever the day's activity was and I would sit Indian style, not, not crisscross applesauce, but we sat Indian style and we called the, the what, what is now referred to as the Native Americans at that point in time, they were called Indians. Now, it might have it been at the end of the socially appropriate use of the word Indians, but it was still Indians and I have vivid memory of my elementary school teachers telling me to sit Indian style, right? And then we would get up and we would, in gym, we would play cowboys versus Indians. And there were all of these things that that were totally socially normal whenever I was a kid that suddenly one day they would rapidly change. And it's not just the vernacular, it's not just vocabulary and things like that, but that did have a, a definite impact. You know, at that time, when I was five years old, it was still socially acceptable to oppose gay marriage. In fact, the vast majority of all states had outlawed gay marriage, including California. California had outlawed gay marriage and established that marriage was between a man and a woman. And again, I'm not even trying for the purpose of this podcast to assign some sort of moral value to these changes or anything like that, but you have to acknowledge that society, at the time that I was five, at the beginning of my conscious life, society was a a much, much different place. And then all of a sudden, all of the things that used to be normal, all of the things that are now high crimes and misdemeanors and, and punishable offenses and things like that, at that point in time, they were totally normal. And then there was this breaking point where everything rapidly began to change. The foot hit the accelerator like crazy. And this is where I come up with the visual image of the whiplash effect, right? Me, as a five-year-old kid, I started to develop a sense of normalcy. By the time you're maybe 10 or 11, you have a general concept of societal norms, the structure of the, the fabric of society, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, Everything changes almost overnight, right? Half of your life, or at that point in time, all of your life at the age of 10, you know, a 10-year-old's only known what he's known for those 10 years. Everything that you've ever known suddenly changes so rapidly. And it doesn't, it's not just certain terms. It's not just sitting Indian style, but it goes all the way to basic biology. And from the time you're 10 years old to the time you're 20 years old, everything that you have known flips on its head. Now the terms that your teacher was using when you were five or six, that same teacher would be fired for. Now the marriages that you used to be seeing, the marriages you used to be seeing, the families you used to be seeing have been flipped on your on their head, right? The generally accepted societal standards for marriage have been entirely reversed. All kinds of things in life have changed, and it gets down to the, to the most basic and the most biological. And now boys, who used to make fun of other boys for acting feminine or things like that, now boys 
can simply claim that they're girls. And if the other boys don't accept it, if everyone around them doesn't actually go so far as to encourage this, right, something that just a few short years ago used to be seen as insanity or delusion, now if you don't go so far as to actively promote and celebrate it, you get publicly ostracized. You're the worst human being that ever lived. So just as the youngest generation had finally started to get a grasp on reality and social norms and things like that, they were all violently ripped out from under them. I I use the whiplash imagery because it's like you're sitting there in a car and you're just starting to figure out how to drive and then suddenly somebody rams into you from behind at 100 miles an hour, everything changes and boom. Your head snaps back. Everything's different. And you it's like you get whiplash. It's like something changed. Something hit you so fast that you could have never anticipated it. You could have never adjusted or prepared for the impact. But suddenly, regardless, something smokes you from behind and everything that you've ever known is suddenly different overnight. The world that you grew up in, the world you knew yesterday is dead and gone suddenly. And now you get every single little piece of your life dug into, and if you do anything wrong, anything wrong by today's standard, but obviously by yesterday's standard, it would have been totally okay. If you do anything wrong by today's standard, you get labeled a bigot, a homophobe, a racist, anything in the book that they can throw at you, you get labeled that instantly. And the thought police were effective with some people. I think that's where we see this divide within Gen Z, where the liberals are extremely liberal. They're like the most social justice warrior, thought police, you name it. Then the conservatives have rejected that so much so. That whiplash left a bad taste in their mouth. And now they have so thoroughly and fundamentally rejected the principles of liberalism that they have become some of the most conservative people to ever walk the face of the earth because they've seen it so firsthand. And they didn't get the chance, you know, to be the frog that boiled in the pot of water very slowly. Instead, they were the generation that simply got dropped in the boiling water. They had just figured out what it was like to be living in the normal world and then suddenly somebody scooped them up and dropped them in a pot of already boiling water and immediately they rejected it. They jumped out of that that, that pot of water. They want nothing to do with it. So they're not willing to be told what they can and cannot say. They're not willing to conform to all of the social insanity, all of the transgender this and the neo-pronouns that. They're not buying it. It's it's something that that you can objectively observe. Right, And I understand that some people will criticize the use of the observational or anecdotal evidence, but the Pew Research Center, Center data backs it up as well. There is no questioning whether or not the younger generation has some of the most conservative individuals out there. And funny enough, right as the youngest generation was that frog jumping out of the pot, right as they were rejecting the, 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 the tenants of liberalism, right around that time is whenever the internet got so big and so, you know, explosive that it connected everybody through these very powerful 
viral moments that happened online. And these these conservative young people who had just you know rejected the the core tenets of liberalism were suddenly uh, sucked into this world of like the Ben Shapiro owning liberals kind of clips that went super viral online. And that was super attractive to them because now they were being presented an alternative. Now not only had they rejected the core tenets of liberalism, but they now see another way. And it's not another way that's being taught to them by the older generations. And listen, let me real quick time out, real quick caveat. There's nothing wrong with learning from the older generations, but even, you know, if you happen to be someone a little bit older, you remember when you were a kid, you didn't want to be told, you know, how to live your life by someone of a different generation. But if somebody of your own generation, you know, talked to you kind of from a level playing field position, you were much more receptive. Okay, so time back in. So they were they were told these kind of things by people who were also young. Some very brilliant, brilliant minds got out there and started to educate and inform. And, and these young people, seeing that pathway, they ran with it. They ran down that pathway and they started questioning things. They started questioning, okay, who are you to tell me I can't say this? Where, where is the facts and the logic and the reasoning behind this? Is the, Everything that you're claiming is just based purely on the world of emotion and insanity, this collective delusion that's being perpetrated all throughout society. And these, I mean, the young people, not only did they reject it, but from a very you know pivotal point in their lives, they also were offered a highly intelligent alternative that they otherwise weren't able to have, right? Even the millennials weren't able to get that alternative. They weren't able to uh, participate in the exchange of ideas nearly in the way that the Gen Zers could. The Gen Zers could hear something and immediately fact check it. They could pull up the internet and have the answer to any question they wanted in a matter of seconds. So they were able to to directly compare and contrast. If a liberal would tell them something and it didn't make sense, they were able to do a quick YouTube search and find a video of somebody like Ben Shapiro debunking it. And I know there might be some liberal who's who's listening to my podcast that's like, oh, you think Ben Shapiro has ever debunked anyone? Well, yeah, me and a lot of other people, right? So anyways... They would, they would find these videos, these viral clips, and they would do this, this research and they would start digging in and learning things that prior generations, to no fault of their own, simply weren't able to have access to. At least they weren't able to have the ease of access, right? The, 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 the Gen Z folks were able to get such an unbelievable amount of knowledge and information at their fingertips at a moment's notice. And now, because they've seen, right, the pendulum, remember I mentioned the pendulum? Because they've seen the pendulum go too far, too fast, because everything in their life changed so rapidly, because they got such wham, such such violent whiplash, Now's the course correction I was talking about. Now when you go online, you see two different schools of young people, as we've talked about before, the the super, super liberal and the super, super conservative. But the super conservative, they're not always their father's conservative, right? They they have been molded by the environment that they grew up in. They, they've seen the craziness, and they're willing to take it on, uh, like, head on. They're, they're willing to, to take on the fight, maybe in a way that just really wasn't that common or, or used to be socially taboo. Now the young people are trying to course correct, and they're yearning for a time that they never even knew. I see this in my own personal experience. I see a lot of content creators making content that is nostalgic. It is absolutely based on nostalgia and it's being, you know, essentially created for young people. But the great irony of it is 
the great curious part of it is that it's it's nostalgia to a time that they never knew, right? It's nostalgia to a time that maybe they had a glimpse of when they were a little kid, back when the world still made sense, back when you weren't canceled for accidentally saying the wrong thing and, and there weren't all of these thought police and all that. So maybe it's a little bit, a, a little sh- a sliver of nostalgia to a time that they only briefly got to experience. But I really think, and in some parts, it's nostalgia to a world that they know used to exist, even if it's even if they know that through storytelling, right? Of their grandpa who fought in the wars and did all these kind of things, describing what life used to be like, or or watching the old Andy Griffith show reruns in the in the living room with a grandma or a grandpa, and looking at the way culture used to be, right? And and seeing the happy nuclear family, and 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 seeing the exact opposite, right? Seeing the flip side of the coin, right? Right now we're living in a time that is just full of of immorality and debauchery and degeneracy of the highest order. It's like it's some sort of a competition, a race to become the most degenerate human being on earth. And that's that's the dominant, you know, school of thought in our education system, currently in our government, all kinds of things. Our entertainment system, it's been so polluted with just absolute degeneracy. So you see that as a young person, you see what the what the world looks like today. And then you think back to the time before it all went crazy and you remember the stories that your grandpa told you about how he used to go out dancing with his wife or he used to go out and do these kind of things and, and their family and the camping trips they went on and how they used to have supper every night together. And you, you see this and you start to paint this picture in your head if you're the young person and you realize something is so deeply screwed up. This isn't the way that it's supposed to be. I yearn for a time that I never even knew. And I think that's largely what we're seeing happen. I think, yes, there is definitely some financial stuff that's going on. I think, yes, there's socioeconomic stuff that's going on. Yes, I think there's maybe cultural stuff that's going on. But at the end of the day, it all boils down to that moment where the whiplash happened. Now the pendulum has swung too far too fast and it's going to have a course correction, Lord willing, because I see so, so many young people who are desperately yearning for a time that they literally never even knew. And so that's my theory. That that's my two cents for what little it's worth. I understand a lot of this a lot of this podcast. I mean, we did have some stuff that was, you know, statistical and pew research and blah blah blah, but a lot of it's anecdote. I get that. A lot of it's 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 observational. I understand that. But at the end of the day, I do have a fundamental knowledge of of human nature. And social norms can only change so fast. They can only move so far so fast before the pendulum swings back. And the pendulum seldom ever swings back to neutral. It almost always swings too far. And there will almost always be a course correction that is exaggerated, right? Things don't go back, right? My generation, perfect example of this, my generation doesn't want to go back to the way things were when we were five or six, when things kind of made sense. No, 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 that's not even the time that we're yearning for. Most of the young conservatives are yearning for a time that predates that, a time like their grandparents knew, a time where things were moral, or at least, you know, there was this this facade of morality, which is, I would say, better than, you know, just bare naked degeneracy. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. Anyways, I understand. 
I know that some of this is just my own theory, my own perspective on all that stuff, but I really do believe that we are seeing the beginning of a course correction because of the whiplash effect, because there will always be, when the pendulum swings too far, it will always swing back. So if you ever want any hope, if you're an older person out there and you're wondering what's going on with the younger generation, just hang on. Hang on for just a second because I think, I really do think that the young up-and-coming generation of conservatives is going to be something that you are very, very happy with. Anyways, folks, that's just about all we've got for today's podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, I am I am totally solo. There is no million-dollar corporate donor. There isn't anyone, you know, in some sneaky back alley that's paying me a bunch of money to do this kind of stuff. I am 100% listener-supported. And if you would like to be one of those individuals who does reach out and support me, go to The Goons, spelled T-H-E-G-O-O-N-S, The Goons, no space, thegoons.locals.com. You can become a supporter for as little as $3 a month, and it really does help. In fact, the very microphone that I'm currently recording this with was purchased literally only because of the people on Locals who were financially supporting me. That money went directly to a massive, massive audio quality upgrade. I hope to have more things like that coming in the near future. Obviously, a massive thank you to everyone who is currently a supporter on Locals and a massive thank you to all of those who are about to become supporters on Locals. Now, if you're listening on Spotify or any of the other podcasting platforms, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you know when next week's podcast comes out. That way you don't miss any. And if you happen to have missed any, obviously use the archives, go back and check out any of the other podcast subjects that we've already covered. But until then, everybody... Keep me in your prayers. Keep your country in your prayers. God bless.